Happy Sunday, everyone. Welcome to the channel. It's Denise Salcedo joined by Will Washington for After the Week. You know, the podcast where we pick the three best and the one worst item of the wrestling week. And we got a lot to get into here today. I thought for the most part, we had, uh, you know, a lot of really good matches this week in wrestling, but we'll get to all of the details of that in a moment. Will, my friend, my buddy, my pal, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, it's Sunday morning and it's a cold Sunday morning. Like, yes. again, you know, you talked last week about how, like, we just live incredibly different lives. We don't <laughs> we know how do. different. We don't know how different of lives these are. So, of course, we've got Miss Hollywood, Salcedo, California. It doesn't even know what snow is, right? I have this a morning. heater on right now. I have a heater on right now. Sure. And, uh, and I it's got... 53 degrees. Okay. 53 degrees, partly cl cloudy, but I have my heater blasted on my legs because I'm freezing. Well, Wednesday here, we got a foot of snow. I think I sent you a picture of that. But yeah, then, uh, uh, so yesterday it snowed some more. And my son's friend is coming over, like, right after this show. And so I have to clear a space in my driveway to make sure they can even get in. So I was up this morning. First thing I did this morning was I got up, bundled up, put my gloves on, shoveled. I know, this is like a life you don't even know. I had to get up and shovel snow to even I don't think I've prepare. ever shoveled anything in my life, Will. <laughs> The only thing I've shoveled is the is the sand when I was making sandcastles at the beach. Yes, of course. No, look, it's that that is the life of even having to, to like my back actually hurts from that foot of snow because I had to get so much of it out. That's yes. very sad. I can just imagine you throwing your back out because you were shoveling snow. Meanwhile, I spent the entire day yesterday on a couch being a diva. This is I love it. very, very different lives we live here. And that's that's okay. And the hard part for me is that I'm from California. Like my parents gave that up for me to bring me here for snow. That's just sad. I know you sent me a picture of, of the snow and everything and all of that. And I remember that day I looked outside and it was already pitch black, but it was a beautiful pitch black day. There was nothing in my driveway. Everything was good. Um, so yes, we live two totally different lives here. Um, but either way, I feel like, you know, I can't wait to get into this week of wrestling. It's always a grand old time to talk about pro wrestling. So before we do, uh, just a quick, a couple of announcements, everybody. So first and foremost, uh, I have officially opened up YouTube memberships on this channel. So if you want some additional content and actually have Will working on a, a video. So um, I'm putting out different uh, content for YouTube members exclusively. On top of that, you get like emojis and badges. And there's also, uh, if you do join uh, the YouTube membership for this particular month, the perk for this month is you are automatically entered into a Royal Rumble pool. And for those of you who do not know how that works, you're given a number and let's say you're given number one and number one in the Royal Rumble wins uh, for the men's, then you win the Rumble. If, if you're given number five for the women and number five entrant wins, then you win the prize um, for that. So we are doing a Royal Rumble pool uh, exclusively for YouTube members. And then also Will, I have Will working on a, a video that's never been seen before that we actually did a couple months ago where uh, should I just say what the video is now and just to kind of promote that in advance a little bit will or do you should I just like keep that under wraps 
Keep it under wraps, I think. For now. Okay, we'll just know that I got Will helping me out with that video because we did do sh we did shoot something, and that's going to be coming out for exclusively for YouTube members. But uh, those are just a couple of the perks that are going on right now, and I'm putting on so much content there as well. Um, also, if you guys want to help support this channel at any point, you are more than welcome to send in a super chat. If you do send in a super chat, your question, your comment, your statement will be read on this stream, and even afterwards, if you're like, "Oh, I didn't get to watch the show live." You can also send in some love on the super thanks button uh, and you guys can figure that out how that works over on YouTube. YouTube's doing a lot more now to help out creatives, creatives, creators to kind of just make a little bit more money here on YouTube. And that's very helpful because ad money ain't shit, Will. It ain't shit. <laughs> okay. And I will do a separate video on that someday. But um, now let's go ahead and should we just get into it? Let's go. Um, Will, what is your third best of the week? Uh, okay. I need to preface all three of my picks for this week and let people know that, uh, so as we podcasters have had to talk about a lot this week, um, there was a big loss in the wrestling industry this week. We lost, uh, one Jay Briscoe and, uh, it really sucks that that was one of the most influential names in tag team wrestling. And I thought about that a lot when I made my picks. And I thought about how much I enjoyed tag team wrestling this week. And so, folks, all of my picks fall along tag team lines this week. Shout out to Jay Briscoe. Let's go. My number three pick actually comes from... Monday Night Raw. Remember that show, Monday Night Raw? That's a show we, we never watched. that we never talk about on this on this podcast. <laughs> I know, and people actually get kind of annoyed by that. But guess what? Monday Night Raw actually came through because uh, one of the things that's happening across uh, WWE that's actually really interesting, and I'm curious where they go with it, is that they're splitting up contenderships between the Raw and SmackDown tag titles, which is a thing that I wasn't sure they were ever going to do, considering they did merge the titles. But over on the Raw side of things, um, there were a couple of tag matches this week. I actually um, didn't particularly care for the first one, but I will tell you that um, Chad Gable and Otis are coming together nicely as baby faces. They... Uh, you know, Otis was getting extremely over as a babyface before uh, the pandemic and then everything happened. And by the time he came out of it, not the same. Uh, and another thing that just happens to be working quite well lately is the Judgment Day. Which also feels even weirder to say because a year ago, if you had said to me, the Judgment Day is going to be Will's one of Will's favorite things on TV, I'd have been like, that bullshit that Edge is doing? Get out of here. I'm not a chance. There's zero chance I'm ever going to care for what's happening there. And yet, the Judgment Day versus Alpha Academy actually was an excellent showcase of both teams and an excellent showcase of what Alpha Academy is going to get to do as babyfaces. And... Uh, by the end of it, I was extremely happy with the match. I thought Otis especially got to play up to the crowd in a way that he hasn't gotten to in a long time. Chad Gable 
um, is really getting to show that Kurt Angle style intensity. And as a babyface, it's really working for him. And in a way that he hasn't gotten to do before. I feel like Chad Gable before the previous babyface runs were trying to do like the shorty G stuff, all that stuff that sucked. This time around, I thought that uh, Chad Gable just got to show fire. And of course, then you have the Judgment Day. These guys are hilarious. Like, I, Dominic Mysterio is actually one of my favorite acts on TV, and I never thought I would say that. I just thought that Gable and Otis versus the Judgment Day was an excellent showcase of what Raw's tag team division could actually be. And this hit my number three. I loved it. Even I'm shocked that I've turned the corner on Dominic Mysterio. And really, we I, I turned the corner once. And, you know, we and you and I, we talked about this on the Raw Post show. I turned the corner once we kind of all got in on the joke. And, you know, it they started making, you know, kind of, uh, it just started getting funny with all of the prison Dom stuff. And it, it, that, to me, how could it not be funny? But I do agree with your picture. I'm glad, by the way, that you became an office viewer. So prison Dom is a thing that actually <laughs> yeah. can, can resonate with you. Because, like, my first thought when it happened was prison mike and uh you've only in the last year watched the office only so. recently i'm a i'm a newbie i'm a newbie fan on the yes. office and whatnot although you know uh, like me and my husband watched it he loved it so much more than i did like i thought it was all right like i laughed it was funny <laughs> but he wants to watch it again and i'm like watch it by yourself i don't feel like watching the office again like i'm good i can go a couple of years without watching it again but he really loved it and i don't think we we loved it the same whereas like me i I went back and right now I'm rewatching Frasier for like the second time in my life. Um, and I love that show. And I think, I think I have a better time watching that show. So we've been having this like back and forth about that, but anyways, whatever, that's not part of the conversation here, but I do agree with you in terms of, I think it did, did help out with the, uh, everybody was doing like the memes and all of that. But, um, in regards to this though, I also like, like not just the match that was good here with judgment day and alpha Academy, but also the little, uh, the backstage interaction that they had where, where Chad Gable was telling Dominic Mysterio, you need to work on both your body and your mind, uh, you know, kind of throwing a couple of shots at the way that, you know, he looks. Uh, so I actually thought that was pretty hilarious, but there were some good moments throughout this. Like Dom took a hell of a beating. We saw, and I say this like in literally every Chad Gable match, but like the suplexes that he does are so great. But even so it, the one that he did on priest looked extra special. Cause you know, priest is just so tall that, mm -hmm. and Chad Gable's not, you know, the same height. So it just looked incredibly cool to kind of see that. But I like this. I thought this worked very well with the storyline that they're running and just everything. So overall, I would say this was a pretty, a uh, good pick for sure. Um, all right. So my third best of the week is also on the tag team side of things. And this time I'm taking us over to, uh, to the blue brands. We're going over to the SmackDown side of things because um, my pick for best of number three was uh, the Banger Bros, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre against the Viking Raiders. Um, this was part of a first round tournament for the SmackDown uh, contenders uh, tournament that they're doing to determine the new number one contender for the championship um, for the tag team titles. And the reason I chose this match in particular is because I feel like 
how do I like I've said this before on my Smackdown post show but really I love the Viking Raiders well I've always been a fan of the Viking Raiders I think they're such a cool tag team but their recent run on Raw where they were doing all the turkey leg stuff and you know all of that really hokey stuff and then they went over on Smackdown and they started doing all these very cartoonish things to the point where they were in matches that didn't mean squat uh it's been a while since we'd really seen the Viking Raiders go out there and have a banger of a match and they went in there and they they did that just here with uh Sheamus and Drew this to me was like really good they gave it plenty of time it felt and you know because they came out with the uh you know the armbands as well uh showing you know love and respect to Jay Briscoe it almost felt like it was their own not just the armband thing but going out there and putting on this fun tag team match to me felt like a tribute within itself to tag team wrestling along the themes of what you just talked about earlier today. And so there was a lot of good moments. They let them shine. And I feel like this was the best Viking Raiders match that we have had in a quite a bit of time. Like it's been a while since we've seen the Viking Raiders really be allowed to go out there and show what they can do with a tag team of the caliber of, you know, Seamus and Drew, the Banga bros. Might well, as well put up my number two yeah, pick. Yeah, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. <laughs> so you were like saying that everything that you picked is is also along those lines. It's the Banger Bros versus the Viking Raiders. I'll just put the same picture up <laughs> in case you missed it the first time. Yes. So um, pretty much echoing everything uh, Denise said here. I feel like this was a performance that the Viking Raiders have needed for a long time. Um, I feel like this is something that they've shown they've been capable of for a long time. And sorry if my Wi-Fi is spotty, folks, but uh, I have been trying to figure that out while also keeping myself square in my shot. And it's, I think it's just the internet this morning. Sorry about that. But anyway, um, yeah, and uh, of course, being a tribute to... uh, to Jay Briscoe and the fact that the Viking Raiders, of course, previously known as War Machine in the Indies, they had uh, history with the Briscoe brothers and just knowing that uh, these guys got to go out there and do this on SmackDown was a reminder of one, how much the Briscoes got to influence the industry. But then on top of that, uh, the Banger Bros. I mean, look, uh, who would have guessed that Sheamus would continue to get to do what he's doing at such a high level at this stage of his career. Literally just a couple years ago, we were talking about Sheamus's career possibly being over. They were talking about spinal stenosis and that he's just, he might need to hang it up soon. And he was looked at that and went bet. And he has been on a roll teaming him up with Drew McIntyre is the perfect duo for him. And I just feel like the two of them are, and for right. Drew too, I feel like we needed a little bit of a of a just to like restart things a little bit for Drew because even though Drew is somebody that I feel is you know always so popular and whatnot and he always does a great job, it kind of felt like we were like there was nothing really new like a new spark for Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I agree with that, and especially since losing the world title um, almost a year and a half ago now, it's over a year and a half ago, almost two years now, but. It has felt like he's just been kind of floating there. And for him to find a tag partner in Sheamus and these two get to do what they're doing uh, is great stuff. Uh, There's nobody I want to see win this tournament more than them. But again, this was just a showcase of good tag team wrestling throughout this program. I loved it. Uh, And yeah, 
again, just another tribute here to one Jay Briscoe in the way they got to do that and a a good reminder of how much of an impact he's had on companies he's never wrestled in. Exactly. And that was definitely something we saw across the board, uh, you know, throughout this week with everybody's tributes and things that people were putting out there. Um, Switching gears, um, we got a brand new member here on the channel, ladies and gents. Uh, Please uh, welcome Benoit Richer. Uh, Benoit Richer, who just became a member here of my YouTube channel. Uh, Thank you so much, Benoit. I really appreciate you uh, signing up. And just so you know, you're automatically entered into that Royal Rumble pool uh, since you made it in right before the deadline of January 25th is the deadline that I put on this. Uh, So you're officially in and you're also going to be seeing bonus content here on the channel. And you can also use the emojis and all of that good stuff. So uh, thank you so much to Benoit Richer for becoming a YouTube member here today. Um, How exciting. I'm so excited. Sorry, Will. Yeah. (laughs) I get excited (laughs) for this stuff. All right. So um, there you go. That was your second of the week. Now it's my turn for the second of the week. uh, Second best. And um, I'm going here. Now there's a lot to kind of unpack here so i'm going to do a quick little breakdown here and it is everything that happened on smackdown in regards to uh Roman Reigns, the bloodline, Sami Zayn, and everything that they did here. It all pretty much started off with uh, the opening of SmackDown. So the opening of SmackDown saw everybody, all the Usos getting out, uh, the bloodline getting out of their car, and Sami Zayn being Sami, going out there, celebrating, having a good time, going in there to fist bump Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns is like, nah, completely disses Sami Zayn. From there on, we get two, um, no, three backstage segments. The first one, we get Roman Reigns uh, snapping at Sami Zayn because Sami Zayn brings up Kevin Owens. He yells at him, tells him to get out. It gets very ugly between them. The tensions, tensions are high here. Uh, the second one, we got Paul Heyman basically telling Roman Reigns like, hey, you know what? Maybe we should keep uh, maybe we should keep him close to us, given that we're going into this match um, with Kevin Owens at the Royal Rumble. Then the third backstage segment, we finally get Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn on good terms. And I put that in quotations because this was all really just because Roman Reigns, um, Kevin Owens, sorry, Paul Heyman decided to tell Roman Reigns to keep Sami Zayn on his side here. So we're supposedly on good terms there. Um, But then this closed off with uh, Kevin Owens putting Roman Reigns through the table during that contract signing. So the reason I put this as my number two best of the week is because Uh, It's just consistent every single week. I feel like this is, uh, you know, I feel like I sound like a broken radio, but this is pretty much an entertaining story that has kept us going. And I really love the way that this played out throughout all of SmackDown. And this is how good this thing is. Anytime this pops up on SmackDown, my my immediate reaction, like let's say I'm, you know, watching something, right? But you know what, maybe at the same time I'm browsing Twitter or maybe I'm drinking some water or whatever my situation is, right? The second the bloodline comes out on TV, I'm like, drop everything. What's going to happen? What's going to go down? What can I read into? And that to me is the most exciting thing about honestly, uh, the bloodline and everything. So I do want to go ahead and just say that this is good shit. And I love where this is going. And that's why it's my number two. And also before I get your uh, reaction, I also want to shout out our LRGXP, who is also a member of this YouTube channel. So thank you so much to LRGXP. Uh, He's been a member here of this channel for uh, since this thing really launched. So thank you so much for uh, coming on here as well. 
Okay, so Will, thoughts? Yeah, look, the Bloodline stuff is always great. Um, it's definitely the best written, best produced stuff in WWE. These segments kind of always seem to deliver. Uh, Sami Zayn, especially here, is this so much intrigue like not even just talking about the side that's delivering in terms of the performance but the intrigue around it all and the idea that a couple months ago we were certain it was going to be the bloodline turning on sammy and then a couple weeks ago we're like actually it seems like sammy's a little one step ahead here and this was kind of a mix of both right where we got to see you know roman get kind of fed up with sammy and uh you know the way he told him just just get out Right. And I was just talking yesterday on Grapsity about how one of the things that's really helped Roman these last couple of years as a heel is getting to keep it short and sweet. Um, because that's really how he delivers so much as a personality is that he doesn't have to say much anymore. He doesn't have to be in promo mode. Remember a few years ago where like Roman had to be the guy who's like promoting the next pay-per-view? Got to get make sure we get all the stipulations in there, all that stuff. He is not that guy. And it's, it's okay. It's not the same aura. It's not the yeah. same aura. It's good, but, though. I like it, the short and sweet stuff. Yeah, he doesn't have to be that guy. And I think that's helped him progress as, as a talker because he knows he doesn't have to say much. Uh, because what he says, the little bit he says matters. You know, when he can just look with this serious look on his face and just be like, you know what? Get out. Just just go. go. Go go to Kevin Owens' locker room. Like little things like that, I think, work for him more than anything. And then the way that, of course, Sammy turned it around, right? At the end of the show, we had Kevin Owens ambush Roman Reigns before the contract signing. And uh everybody ran out, but the one person who was late was Sami Zayn. And but Roman Reigns had sent him on those duties. Remember, he had sent him on those responsibilities early on. He had said, go get the Usos, go call the pilots, this and that. So oh, there's sure? a way where you're like, hmm, was he really late because he was late? Or was he late because, no, was he late with bad intentions? Or was he late because he was out there doing these uh, responsibilities that Roman Reigns had given him? But Will, did you by any chance hear my theory about this? My new theory that I've developed about this? No. Okay, well, I'm going to repeat it. If you guys already heard it, then I'm sorry. But my uh, theory for this is that I do think that there is something going on with Paul Heyman and Sami Zayn because we've been getting too many backstage interactions with just Paul Heyman and Sami Zayn these last couple of weeks where it's been very clear on screen that Paul Heyman is kind of done and fed up with Sami Zayn shit. But for some reason, and it was really just, I think, the moment that it kind of the the theory popped into my head was when he was basically telling Roman Reigns to keep him close when Roman Reigns was ready to be done with him. So I have a feeling that there's more going on in regards to Sami Zayn and Paul Heyman than we might be giving credence to. And and that's that's where I'm at right now with my theory. Okay. Like I got I haven't got more of the details, but it's just a gut feeling and I've been making sure to put it out there just in <laughs> case. Just in case. <laughs> Hey, yeah, just in case you're right. Um, no, but the thing is, the fact that we're talking about it, the fact that we want to know what's happening next, the fact that we all have theories, and they're all in so many different directions, makes this the most intriguing thing going in professional wrestling today. This is absolutely, I agree with you. This deserves to be on the list. 
And also, I do want to point out um, some of the little things, and I mentioned this also on my SmackDown post show, is that there's little things that they do with production in regards to the Roman Reigns stuff. And Will, you you know, you're somebody that also likes, you know, production and all of the camera stuff and this and that, something we bond on. Um, one of my favorite things about this is the way that they framed the shot where when they were backstage sitting down where it was Roman Reigns who was at the very, very like front, like almost, you know, you can you can practically touch him on your on your TV screen. And the way that they had Paul Heyman in the back and Sami Zayn in the back, it just really gave a lot of positioning and power to Roman Reigns. And that's the character. That's the character. He's 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 Absolutely. you know the the, the 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 tribal chief. You know the head of the table, and they position him to be sort of untouchable. You know that kind of that kind of aura, and even just little things like that with the way that they uh, have been doing the producing of those segments. It's little things like that that I kind of pop for that stuff when I notice things of like, oh, how they decided to frame this camera, how they decided to position all these people with, and even the facial expressions is something we need to touch on, Will, because Paul Heyman, like the whole time was like, you know, doing this and doing that. And then Sami Zayn was just, you know, Sami Zayn is so relatable. And somebody had a, a comment here that I wanted to read and uh, here we go. This is from Remorse Betrayal, who says it's anxiety inducing. It is because you're sort of thinking like, oh, man, he's going to because you I feel well that we have put our position. We have put whenever you read a book, whenever you watch a TV show or a movie show, you tend to put yourself into the position of, you know, the character that you most uh you know, relate to, right? The person that is the, the story, that the story's all about this person. And that is Sami Zayn in this situation. While, so I feel that as a viewer, I put myself in Sami Zayn. And so I'm sort of, you know, going along this ride of, holy shit, you know, Roman Reigns is acting this way towards Sami. What does this mean? How does it, why, why is it making me feel the way that it does? Yeah, I feel that. And... <sighs> Again, anxiety-inducing, I think, is the best way to describe that. But again, the fact that I feel it, the fact that I relate to it, and this is I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready for Monday. Like, honestly, whatever ends up happening this Monday with the, of course, the, the, the original Bloodline segment has been scrapped, which has me uh, feeling, I mean, I've been feeling for months almost a year that the rock stuff isn't happening uh you want a percentage on that i'm like oh, let's really talk low about that yeah i don't think it's happening um and i have felt for a while it's not happening i have felt like the rock has kind of done that thing he's done for years which is when people ask him about wwe he always kind of gives it like a oh yeah that, that's, that's a good idea you know it, it's kind of the way like when my kids ask me for something i i'm gonna say no to but i don't have a reason to say no yet and so you don't want to make uh, them cry <laughs> Yeah, and so I'm just like, yeah, they're like, hey, can we, have... we get home? Yeah, let's talk about it later, right? Like, I feel like that's the answer that Rock's been giving on stuff. And maybe it's a giant swerve, or maybe it's expectation setting. But I've been thinking for the last, I thought about the fact that it's been 10 years since this last match. This was 2013 against John Cena. Not counting the Eric Rowan stuff. I know you're going to do it, chat. Don't do it. It was a rock bottom and a pin. I'm talking about a true match. Ten years. And The Rock got severely injured in that match. And it wasn't like a match where he was doing kind of crazy things. He was doing a normal-ass match and got injured doing his own finisher. 
And so and thinking that impacted of his like Hollywood filming schedule and everything. And there's repercussions. Like he, he, like if some, you know, somebody else goes in and they get injured, right. You know, it sucks and this and that, but on top of that, you know, somebody like the rock has the responsibility of, you know, he has, he has responsibilities to do these schedules, to shoot these shows and all the millions of projects that he's working on. He's got the XFL coming up. And I also think too, and Will, I feel like you can uh, provide a lot of good insight on this because the last couple, there's been some, you know, not so great things happening right now for The Rock in terms of like uh, uh, Black Adam bombs. And I, I didn't watch that movie, but I did see how like he got dropped and all of the really bad, uh, all of the really bad uh, comments and critiques that he got in regards to that movie for bad acting and bad writing and this and that. I didn't see the movie. Uh, did you watch the movie? Okay. Was it really that bad? Uh, I watched it like two weeks ago. And so it was maybe like three weeks ago, but either way. So by the time I watched it, I had already seen online everybody saying how bad it was. And so me seeing it with the worst of expectations came out going, eh, that was fine. Like, like it wasn't I, that bad. Okay. Like it wasn't that bad. Like I was expecting the worst movie ever. And I came out of it going, eh, I, I, I wouldn't watch it again, but I didn't hate it. And so... That that's how I felt about Black Adam, and I right. watched it with my son who loved it, and I felt so bad for him because I didn't have the heart to tell him after it was over it's that done. like yeah that there's because you know the, there's a post credit scene that look we're months of, removed from this spoilers Superman shows up in the post credit scene like Henry Cavill so, shows up and is he not is scene. he not not Superman anymore too right so he's out too yeah so th- we get this. Post credit scene. How do where I don't everybody... even follow this stuff yet? I know. How do I know <laughs> <Yeah>. this? <laughs> I don't even in... know. Oh, I know this because I had a big crush on Henry. So right. that's I follow him and I just saw his post. That, I that... only follow him because I have a crush on him, not for anything else. Well, and so that was the thing was my son got super excited. He's like, Oh my god, we're gonna see Black Adam and Superman. And I'm like, No, <laughs> not at all. You there's we're not getting any parts of that but i didn't have the heart to tell him that so he still thinks that there's a chance that black adam and superman is going to be a thing but either way i get where you're going with this because he can't afford any more like you know b- bombs dropping you know like he's got to really be thinking about what he's doing and in preparing for all of this i just feel like the rock can't afford to you know go in there and get you know what he's he's what 50 years old now he'll be is 51 he 50? this year he'll 51, be 51 this year Okay, I just, you know, I just feel like, and there was a whole, there was a bunch of people like saying when the whole report came out that a day put out about The Rock not being in shape, there was a lot of people that didn't understand what that meant, where he wasn't talking about like physically how he looks. He was talking about ring shape. And I saw yeah. a lot of people that didn't seem to get that. And I'm like, what? Uh, it's, you know, I be- that's very believable to not be, you know, in ring shape for, for the situation. And like you mentioned, you know, what 10 years ago him getting so her and so injured and tearing this and tearing that and then and he was in ring shape then by the way and like he had been training with curtis axel at the time like this was uh and even still he did seem like somebody who wasn't in the ring regularly and i just i if i were rock i'd be concerned about that and unless he's just like got a secret ring in his backyard and has been training all this time and nobody knew about it (laughs) which is possible too but um and then i was thinking about how rock has been uh how do i put this so again 
you mentioned all of the the L's he's taken publicly. He's taken more, like endorsing yeah. Joe Rogan. That did not go well. Um, there was there was some other stuff too that I'm blanking on right now. So think about what people want him to come back for, which is putting over Roman Reigns. So that's not only taking an L, but that's like taking an intentional L in Hollywood at WrestleMania in front of tens of thousands of people. Like that's another one where it kind of feels like, do you really want another public loss like that in a time where you're not exactly when like putting over John Cena 10 years ago was in a time where the rock was on top of the world. Everybody loved the rock. So it was like, yeah, look at the rock continuing to give back to pro wrestling. And he put over John Cena. Now it's yeah, like, I wouldn't see that as a now because it's storyline. It's the, it's the point that would, that's what you would want. I'm not, but, I, I don't want to see but the, the headlines would still Roman. say that would still read rock returns loses to Roman Reigns. Like at the end of the day, that's, that's a controllable L that he doesn't have to take. And I think if I were a publicist in that sense, I'd go, no, you need to be in a position right now to be seen as a winner again, before you do that kind of thing again. I mean, it comes, depends on where you're looking at it. If you're looking at it from the, I'm not a wrestling fan. I'm just a person that enjoys the rock for being the rock and for being an actor. I can see where they would maybe see that. I don't know because I feel like even those people know the way that wrestling is. And if you're a wrestling fan, well, then you know he has to go in there and do the job to help yeah, Roman Reigns. I, no, as a wrestling fan, I think it's fine. Yeah, but no I big think, deal, right? But I think with all the eyes WrestleMania gets, there's a lot of non-wrestling fans that are going to see well, that you know and what? see it I'm that way tell those fans, you know what suck it okay this is this was the right thing to do okay whatever but okay let's let's talk about this more just a second but let me get into this uh super chat here from bob the builder thank you so much to bob the builder can we fix it yes we can Bob the Builder says that The Rock does not show this year. Do you think we ever see him wrestle again? I think his last match will be seen at WrestleMania 29. If we don't see him at this WrestleMania, thir- excuse me, he says 39. Meant 39. Oh, whatever. No, okay. no, no. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Sorry, yeah. I read that backwards. Um, uh-huh. I think that um, I think that if we don't see The Rock at WrestleMania 39 this year, we're done. We're done. I, I think this is the time to do it. And if it doesn't happen this year, I don't think it happens. That's, but that's I also right. think that Rock's kind of been trying to tell us that for a really long time. For a long time, he was he just calling. He can't let go. The, He's that he, X we're still in love with. <laughs> he, yeah, well, we can't let go, right? But he has been saying that. <laughs> Bitch, it's uh, over. We're done. Relationship <laughs> ended. I moved on to something better. I got a finer chick at my side. <laughs> okay, he, he, look, he, he said uh what was it probably like eight years ago when asked about cena he called that his last match and then of course he came back did the the eric rowan match and so that kind of gave people the possibility of okay well if he's willing to wrestle eric rowan he's clearly willing to do anything else and like that wasn't a match he hit a rock bottom and then pinned him one two three like that there's we knew what that actually was i i just i have concerns but if he shows up next sunday i i so are you it's feeling that we're still going to be swerved? No, like I think there's a piece of me that feels like it's expectations. I'm like 50-50. On, on one end, I'm like, look, if he's if this is all you know a work to get to let our guards down, so when if your smell hits, I'm like, you know, <laughs> jumping out of my seat. That's great. But uh, there's another piece of me that's like, you know, if I were trying to set expectations and level set with people, this is the way I would do it. I'd make sure that it was out there that, uh, people knew 
look, I'm not in the shape for this. I got the XFL coming up. There's a lot of things coming up right now. Wrestling just isn't going to work. Bro, I'm already upset with the XFL. Don't even get me started. They ain't even making an LA team. What are they freaking crazy? Like, come on. I'm sorry. I'm out. Oh, I'm sorry. You guys have literally two football teams, uh, two NFL teams. My husband had XFL season tickets last year, and he only got to go to a couple of, oh, not last year, but prior, Mm -hmm. but because of COVID, that got shut down, right? So, like, we never got to actually really get the rewards from that. So, (laughs) I was a little bit upset there with that, but what can you do? Um, Anyways, uh, thank you so much to Bob the Builder for sending in this super chat. Uh, We got a member here, LRGXP, who says, I feel that at this point, things are going well, that The Rock is not needed. They have built things well enough to put others against Roman. So, obviously, the clear... The other options are Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn. Uh, I officially made my pick for the Royal Rumble in the men's. I think if they put Sami Zayn in the Rumble, he has to win the Rumble. I think if he doesn't win the Rumble, don't put him in the Rumble. Where are you at, Will? It's It's got to be Cody. Like, you can't have him... Like I think Cody... Sami Zayn has gone in. This, the story is between Roman and Sami. The good okay, news is... The good news question, is Will. the story is the bloodline in Sami. And so... Will, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. The final two, let's just say, it's Cody and Sami Zayn. And Cody wins. What do you think the reaction of the crowd is going to be? I think positive. I don't think that the crowds feel about Cody yet. I think they could. I think that if so, if Cody eliminates Sami Zayn, Cody wins. You think that there's not going to be some sort of like, what the fuck? We were rooting for Sami Zayn here because this is the story. I, I feel otherwise. I think, I think there will be some some fallout. I think that uh, the good news is Cody hasn't come in in a way where people find him lame yet. I think that uh, exactly uh, yet. I know, I know. He uh, look, this could be could... the thing. This could be <laughs> the thing, Will. Look, but I do think that for Cody's story, Cody came in after WrestleMania, he beat Seth Rollins, and what did he say in that first promo? That no matter what, my goal here is to become WWE champion. If you have him, and the good news is, you haven't had, he hasn't had any opportunity at that yet. If you haven't failed in his first opportunity at getting that shot, it's already a black mark on his run. And I think that he needs to win. It, he has to. It has to be Cody. In that case, don't put Sammy in the Rumble then. I uh, yeah that's don't put Sammy in the rumble I would say don't put Sammy in the rumble but also you also have to find a way to position Cody against the bloodline and I think that that could also be a way to do that I don't know I I truly don't know but I think Cody has to win Kate at C sends in a super chat saying see you next weekend Denise I think you're going yes I will be at the rumble uh thank you so much to Kaden for sending in this super chat we got Bob the builder who says do we ever see Goldberg wrestle again well um, that was one of my predictions I think we're gonna see him in AEW that's one of my crazy 2023 predictions well look at your face look at your face (laughs) hey man I look if I'm gonna make a 2023 predictions video I ain't gonna be going out there and making some weak ass predictions I'm gonna go out there and make some crazy ass predictions I mean, Goldberg, you know, there were, he had talks with AEW before, but the person pushing for Goldberg in AEW was Cody Rhodes. And so, at the very least, I can't necessarily see with Cody not in play anymore. I don't know who else would be pushing for that. Sorry, and now I'm just painting fake scenarios in my head right now. All right. <laughs> Bob the Builder, thank you so much for sending in uh, this super chat as well. It's much appreciated. All right. So let me just catch up with everything. Cool. 
where are we at that? We're going into we're our worst, wor right? Worst, yes. Okay. So just FYI, guys, uh, we are keeping this uh, storyline related for worst of the week. Uh, so, Will, what was your worst of the week storyline-wise here for this week? Do you know what I didn't enjoy at, at all? What? Let's turn it over to AEW Rampage because uh, I don't know where this is going, and maybe it'll take a good turn or twist. But I did not like the Eddie Kingston and Ortiz segment. It felt fucking weird, right? Yeah, I was not a fan of this at all. This okay, I want to hear your... Okay, continue on. I don't mean to interrupt you. So, of course, yeah. Uh, it starts with Ortiz calling out Eddie Kingston for um, Eddie's actions in uh, potential... You know, he almost hit Julia Hart last week in their tag match. And uh, Ortiz is not okay with that. Eddie comes out. And he, uh, they, they both kind of go back and forth and Ortiz asks, you know, what would your father think of that? What would homicide think? We've known each other 20 years, blah, blah, blah. And then it almost feels like there's a weird edit in a way, but Eddie Kingston clocks, uh, Ortiz with the chair in the gut, hits him in the back and walks off and, I didn't like any of this. I don't like how quickly we got here. I don't like how, like, if you watch it with your own eyes, you knew Eddie Kingston wasn't going to hit Julia Hart. The way that was executed was that he didn't even know who was behind him initially. And then, uh, so he just kind of went for the swing and then Ortiz snatched it from him. So you mean to tell me before Ortiz came out and confronted him, he didn't like watch that footage to maybe come to the conclusion that, hey, Eddie's like not that bad. Eddie went from zero to a hundred and just like hitting his friend with a steel chair like that. And on top of that, I feel like this moment in itself wasn't necessarily earned. Uh, I don't feel like the fans, like is Eddie supposed to be the bad guy here? I mean, he was technically the way that the frame the frame the way that the segment was framed, he was supposed to be the bad guy here. And that's why the crowd was like, we don't want to boo for Eddie. But at the same time, with Ortiz saying this and this and that, we can't necessarily cheer Eddie either. Yeah. And I feel it was like weird. The, the crowd didn't know how to react. I didn't know how to soak it in as a weird. It did feel zero to 100 very quickly. Um, this was terrible. Yeah, I, I didn't like this at all. No, this... Should I feel like switching my option. <laughs> but I'm not yeah. just for the sake of bringing out something in. Something yeah, no, I, I didn't like this at all. This is my least favorite thing to happen this week. And if this is supposed to just be like a House of Black playing mind games with this, I feel like that should have been uh, played up a little bit more. There probably should have been some involvement in the segment. I don't know. I just don't think that uh, I got out of this segment what they were intending. And I, I didn't enjoy it. This this was my least favorite thing that happened this week. Exactly. All righty. And this is from Orion Ben, who says, Eddie Ortiz needed something from House of Black in it lacking. Thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's what I'm saying here is that uh, maybe some kind of involvement with House of Black. But otherwise, I was just not a fan. Yeah, it was. it felt like they were – it was overreaching – like you said, zero to 100, crowd didn't know how to react. It just felt a little bit like, hmm. It, it felt like, it felt like we were missing everything that happened in between here sort of deal. It, it was just not good. Yeah, I agree with that. 
All right, so my turn. Uh, let's go ahead and get. I don't feel as strongly about my worst of the week for for this for this week, but I was trying to think like what didn't I like? You know, wasn't I a fan of for this week? And I decided to go with uh, Hit Row versus Los Lotharios, but not okay. for the reason that you think. And I, I almost like, I, I almost went with that just to keep a tag team theme actually. So, oh. uh, but. But, oh, well, uh, I'm gonna, I would be curious to hear your reasoning afterwards. Okay. Mine's is a little bit different. Mine's is not necessarily like, I didn't have a problem with Hit Row winning. That's that's fine. That's their mm -hmm. featured act. That's whatever, right? My problem, and if you heard my post show on a Friday, you already know what my problem was with this. My problem with this is the lack of um, credibility that they have given to Los Lotharios to the point where you can't even bother to take them seriously. I feel that given we need to build up that tag team division and keep name strongs, and granted, there's a lot of great, you know, we talked about the Brawling Brutes, we talked about uh, the Banger Bros, we talked about Imperium, they're all freaking great, man. But I feel like they have given Los Lotharios absolutely nothing. They have given us no reason to care about them. They're not featured. They get treated like jobbers. And then they, then they, every now in a blue moon, expect us to take them seriously when we can't. They're being they're just treated like jobbers. And to me, it's a, such a waste of their talent. It's such a waste of them, period. Like, I was always a big fan of Angel Garza and, you know, everything that he has done prior to his WWE days. Um, he is one of the most charismatic guys that there is out there there uh and it was funny too because that was one of the things that like i remember one of the previous media days i think it was for um wrestlemania 38 i remember we were you know all the media you know we're doing our interviews this and this and that and i already knew that because i had already interviewed angel garza prior that you know we we're gonna get so much charisma out of him and blah 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 i remember talking with sean about this and he was like man he's so charismatic like after the interview and i'm like yeah i know and then like other me other media members were like damn angel garza is so charismatic and keep in mind we were talking to a bunch of other people here that you would expect that from and we didn't get it from you know everybody but this was one of the persons we did get it from and for me it just makes me think like man it's just the same thing all the damn time i really want to see something different for teams like los lotharios and i i feel bad i feel like there's they're just wasting away there in wwe not doing anything not being allowed to be taken seriously and it just it sucks um the match itself wasn't even a competitive match it was uh, a less than three minute match it was a joke it didn't really matter and so and it was the same thing with uh, maximum male models and uh legado del fantasma same thing really quick nothing match uh the only two matches that were good were the other two of the first round matches which we talked one of them made it on both of our list and it's but for me my specific gripe with this was how those los lotarios get treated like like nothing um well my my gripe has a little more to do with just the fact that uh smackdown like, I, I'm not huge on the idea that every match needs to have a heel and a face. I'm not. I, I feel like, you know, it, sometimes it's best to just kind of let the fans choose. And I have a feeling your number one is a good example of that. Uh, but the... And, and my number one is a good example of that, to be honest. But I think that works better in cases where it's babyface versus babyface. I think you run into a much harder scenario in a heel versus heel scenario. Um, and I feel like the SmackDown tournament, while the stuff that worked, worked, um, which you had the Banger Bros versus the Viking Raiders, you had Imperium versus the Brawling Brutes. Again, um, 
that kind of stuff works. And, uh, but when you have these kind of heel versus heel scenarios, the th- nothing takes me out of professional wrestling more than when a crowd doesn't give a shit. Um, it's the thing that I complain to Denise about on a regular. Yeah, you uh, do. <laughs> because yeah. nothing, nothing takes me out of it more. Like if I'm seeing people, if there's people visually on my screen who don't care, I can't. And it like makes me mad. I'm, I'm literally, you know, the meme, the, the stand up meme. Like that's me like yelling at my TV. Like somebody just get up out of your seat, cheer, do something because you're making me not want to because that energy is supposed to be infectious. But I feel like you're not helping yourself when you create these scenarios where fans aren't positioned to care. And I think that um, with Hit Row versus uh, Los Lotarios, that was one of those matches that, again, who was the f- nobody cared. Like, the fans didn't care because they didn't have anything to sink their teeth into as far as either of these teams were concerned. Um, you know, a part of what makes a good heel effective is when they can be positioned against somebody that the fans kind of have something to get behind. They don't care about them. And then on the other end of that, same with Legado del Fantasma. Same deal. They're positioned against the team nobody cares about. And so... Except Will, you were their biggest fan. You were leader of the fan club of Maximum Male Models. Don't think I forgot. In a, this is so bad, it's great kind of way, which is my favorite Will, type of stuff. back, okay? You're the leader of the fan club. <laughs> sure, I love that kind of stuff. But in this sense, again, nobody cares. Nobody's into this, and I think you're not setting these guys up for success because then they're going to take a step back and go, well, look, these guys aren't over, but they also didn't get over on anybody that they had any reason to get over on. So that was part of why I didn't like certain parts of this. The stuff that worked worked. The stuff that didn't did not. Exactly. All righty. Well, before we go ahead and move on to our best of the week, just a friendly reminder to everybody here, uh, Will and I are live each and every single Sunday, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time here uh, to talk about our best and the worst of the wrestling week. Uh, next week's going to be kind of crazy because it is the Royal Rumble weekend, but I will be here, man. I will be Will, you're confusing I, me. Yeah, no, I was like thinking about that. I'm like, I can't. Okay, you confuse me. I'm like, is the Royal Rumble not next weekend? You it literally is, it made is. me have a panic attack. <laughs> no. I was already planning to leave for San Antonio. And when I saw your face, I'm like, am I on the wrong week? No, I had to think about <laughs> that. And I'm like, are left? I was like, do we ever even talk about that? But if you're back in time, we're good, right? No, I will. Well, here's the thing I'm actually going to be. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let me look at my calendar here really quickly because I'm forgetting. Okay, so I'm actually going to be in San Antonio the rest of Sunday. I okay. chose to stay the whole day to do the show um, and you know just stay there for the whole day and not feel too panicked. So I'm actually coming back on Monday. Oh, look at you. Yeah, cool. look at me. Right. I plan. So I will be in my, uh, you know, my little motel, my not motel, hotel. Uh, <laughs> No, I'm I was going to say, Denise Baradad. What am I talking about? <laughs> yeah. Wait, because I don't know why I was like, wait, I'm not staying in a hotel. I'm staying in an Airbnb. But um, so, yeah, I'll be doing the show from there next week. All okay, right. good deal. Yes. Oh, that was why I decided to leave on Sunday, because the show is Saturday and that we have the press conference. We have the uh, post show and which I, now I got roped into. Yeah, you got roped that. into that. <laughs> yes. And so which I think is a great idea. And, you know, people will see how that plays out later. But uh, because of that, I didn't want to leave super early Sunday because then I'd basically screw myself in terms of getting all my content up. So I need like a day to get my content up and running. So. 
there's a lot of the wrestling weekends going out and traveling it, it's a lot of responsibility to make it's sure the that best though honestly things get I done. Love, yeah i, oh, I, I love, still it. love them yeah but there, i definitely i mean will you of all people have seen the way that i am these weekends i'm very very like in the zone in the mo like in the zone no distractions type of deal yeah anyways it's fun to watch though <laughs> what do you mean it's it. fun to watch <laughs> it's amusing it is like you are like what i kid you not when i say that denise is the hardest working person in our entire community of wrestling media people she is it's also like watching I don't know. It, it, you ever like watch Discovery Channel and you just see somebody in their natural I'm habitat? Like those animals at the zoo. <laughs> but you like you watch somebody in their natural habitat and they're like so focused, so like blinders <laughs> on. I'm not doing anything else. You say something to them and they go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. And then I like, and you do that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. You were like trying to get me to watch The Simpsons, and I'm like, um, I'm busy here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then I was like, yeah, 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 I'll see it later. That sounds great. And I didn't even realize that you and Jesse had the screen paused for me to go and watch the scene you wanted me to watch yeah. from The Simpsons. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> and then you like looked at me and it I was, was like- the, By the way, it was the Simpsons predicted 9-11 thing. And, and so me and it. Jesse yeah. were like watching about, and she had mentioned she didn't know about that. And we were like, oh, this is the scene. And so and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll Get to that later. later. Yeah. 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 And you made me get up from my chair to go and watch like 30 seconds of The Simpsons. And I was there like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Peace. Mm -hmm. it's great it's the yeah. best <laughs> it's I the best think, thing. next time will next time tap me tap my little um my little glass window and maybe I'll I'll do a trick or something. Uh. <laughs> Uh, I see a question in the chat. Has Will got any AEW belts? All I see is WWE. Uh, that's the AEW World Championship right there. That one's on top. So, yes, I do, actually. Um, and I'm pretty sure I did. I have a TNT Championship on the way, the Brody edition, the red one. So that'll be here, I think, in like three weeks. Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying, I agree with Will. If anything wrestling hap is happening, you can count on Denise to somehow, some way to be there live on location. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's definitely true. I'll try it. I'll find a way. Uh, but thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for the uh, generous super chat. All right. Now let's go ahead and jump into our best of the week. Will, what was your best of the week? So I talked about celebrating tag team wrestling. I don't think a single match celebrated the life of Jay Briscoe better. You know, when you think about who the Briscoes are, they're a couple of brothers. You have an older brother, you have a younger brother, and you have one brother who, um, in Jay Briscoe, who was kind of known as the leader of the team. He was the one who, he had the first Ring of Honor match. He won a Ring of Honor world title, but then he's got kind of the younger brother who is kind of seen as you know, kind of equally athletic. He doesn't quite have the leadership skills, but between the two of them, they uh, they create this magical tandem. And the thing is, you could take everything I said there other than the world titles one and apply that to the Young Bucks. But you could also take everything I said there and apply that to Top Flight. And this was a match that was booked beforehand. But how perfect was it that this match got to be the match that happened the day after? The Young Bucks, of course, considered one of the greatest rivals of uh, the Briscoe brothers. Literally, um, 
Nick Jackson himself said, other than the Lucha Bros, they would consider their greatest rivals to probably be the Briscoes. When you think about, uh, I believe they've faced each other over 50 times, um, which is just insanity when you think about how much the Young Bucks have tied it up with the Briscoes. They, that's probably one of the Briscoes' greatest rivals is the Young Bucks. And so, um, again, you could see it in their faces when they came out that you know they, they weren't even really ready to, to work that night, let alone um, do what they had to do. But then on top of that, you have Top Flight. Darius Martin posted a uh, a screenshot of a DM he got from Jay Briscoe. Did you see that screenshot he posted? I didn't see that actually, no. It, it, yeah, so he got a DM from Jay Briscoe. Do you remember, and we actually put it on our list, but do you remember Top Flight versus Brian Danielson yes. and John Moxley from just like two weeks ago? Um, that match that opened that rampage. So, uh, but just to talk about how much Jay Briscoe was always encouraging people, always lifting them up. Darius Martin got a DM from Jay Briscoe just telling him how much he liked the match and uh, and how he can't wait to tear it up with Top Flight. Um, and that was one of those things that I probably would have seen happening. It seemed like they were kind of on pace to probably get there at some point. And so, again, Top Flight, Young Bucks. So even when you take all of that out of it, this match was dope. This match was great. These guys always shine with each other. This was the third time that the Young Bucks have faced off with Top Flight. The first time, of course, being the week after the Young Bucks won the tag titles. The first time they face each other at Daly's Place. Uh, and the Young Bucks, of course, being the more experienced veteran team, got the victory over Top Flight. We then saw it again last year on Rampage. Again, Top Flight Young Bucks, but this time it's a more experienced Top Flight. But the Young Bucks still got the best of them. But here we are, third time, this time Fresno, California, Top Flight has been on quite a roll, but hasn't quite gotten that victory. They faced off with the Blackpool Combat Club multiple times, but they just keep coming up short. And definitely against a team that's considered one of the greatest of all time in the Young Bucks, could they actually get the victory? And the answer was, yes, they absolutely did. They, they got the victory. They beat the Young Bucks. They beat them clean. Uh, and again, this match was... Kind of one of those perfect tributes. You could see the little elements of the match that they were kind of taking from the Briscoes. And then, of course, they pulled the uh, the Doomsday spot in there um, as a tribute. But uh, and that when that spot happened, my brain went, you know, I didn't want the Young Bucks to win the third time. But I can see it with them having all the ties to the Briscoes, you know, giving them the victory here. But then they kicked out. And when they went for that BTE trigger to end the match, need each other, and uh, Darius Martin rolls up uh, Matt Jackson for the victory, one, two, three. I'll, I took a lot out of this. The first thing I got that really, really, uh, that I really enjoyed is the fact that, look, Darius Martin has been back all of two months, and it really feels like they have put a lot behind him in bringing him back. It feels like it's not just, okay, he's back in the fold, but at the end of the day, Dante Martin is the one that's been established. No, it feels like they want to make sure you know Darius Martin matters here just as much as Dante. And he's really gotten to showcase a lot here. He's really gotten to feel like the older brother again, like he did in those the original days of Top Flight. 
And at the same time, Dante Martin's already got so much cachet with the AEW audience that the combination of the two here, I think, is really helping get them over. They've just needed that one big victory to cross over to feeling like that tag team. This was that victory for them. I love this match. I loved everything it did for tag team wrestling. This was a great week for tag team wrestling and an appropriate week to have a great week. This was my match of the week. Yeah, I mean, you said everything that I think you can say about this match. And it was very, it, I remember like even afterwards feeling, it, it was funny too, because I, I loved the camera shot that they panned to immediately after the reaction, because there were some people that were like, oh shit. And there were some people that didn't even know how to react to seeing Top Flight defeat the Young Bucks. And that was interesting too, because I had a moment where I didn't know what my reaction was. I was kind of just there, you know, and I was like, oh, oh, sh like they really went with it. Oh crap, here we go. And I think we should have known because they did kind of tease a little bit on commentary right off the bat where they were talking about how you know the young bucks hadn't had a match uh you know just them two and like i think they said like over a year or something like that it was uh six months because i posted that stat uh <laughs> last week when they announced the match i was like this is the young bucks first tag match since they lost the tag titles to swerve in our glory and literally that match was so long ago that the teams they faced in that swerve in our glory and team taz are no longer together and haven't been for a while it's so <laughs> There you go. Like that should have been like the first hit of how they were going to kind of play off of that. And then also then coming off the best of seven series and just all of those, you know, things that may have taken, you know, some sort of had some sort of impact onto the young bucks. So this was cool. I mean, the action was great. And the crowd really got into this. And I said this last week. And, you know, when we were talking about that match with uh, the BCC was how at first I didn't really see Top Flight as a real, uh, you know, legitimate team to really make it too believable for me to take on, you know, the likes of Brian Danielson and John Moxley. And by the end of the match, my opinion had completely shifted, right? And so coming off of that match and then, you know, even them winning their uh, three hundred thousand you know battle battle royale thing that they did and then going on to this match here i feel like they're doing a really good job of making you like become a fan not just become a fan of top flight but also starting to build their like you know their reputation up they're starting to build them up to that way when you know they get to even higher levels you're like you know what i can believe that because this and this set this up to eventually uh have you know, whatever it is moment that they have planned for them. So this was great. I'm expecting to see some good uh, trios action coming off of this. So I feel like this was definitely a strong pick. We got a super chat here from Bob the Builder who says, how is it watching wrestling on the West Coast? Well, I don't want to speak for you, but it's the freaking best, man. I love that I can still have an hour or two after wrestling and uh, basically watch other TV shows and not have to worry about like, oh, it's super late. I got to go to sleep. I love it. I lived on the East Coast for a short amount of time, uh, for about two years, um, 2011. And let me tell you guys, I don't know how the fuck you guys do that. I don't know how you guys could possibly deal with your wrestling ending at 11 p.m. and not having anything to do for the rest of your night because it's like, okay, like I'm already up late. I don't know how you guys watch anything ending at 11 p.m. That doesn't make any sense to me. I live in a mountain time zone. I think mountain time is like perfect, right? Because I feel that... When you're dealing with the West Coast, things happen too early there, I feel like. I feel like no wrestling five wrestling's perfect. Not well, for when me. You, well, for me, it's perfect. But people that are maybe work nine to five, maybe not. Yeah, five. nine to fivers, I feel like. Oh, but then afterwards, no, because I watch the East Coast feed. So technically, like, they can still watch, you know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock shows. They can, but then you have to deal with, you know, staying offline, avoiding spoilers, all of that yes, stuff. Yes, yeah. That's I feel that, like yeah. 
Mountain Time here, on the other hand, it's been perfect for me. I have that when, you know, working a nine to five, it's I get off at five o'clock. I am home at six o'clock. Shows start at six. That's just how I'm going to spend my evening. Shows are over at eight, sometimes nine. And then I have the rest of my night to, you know, eat some popcorn, eat, eat ice cream, do what I'm going to do. Um, and even like binge a Netflix show. I can do all of that all in the same night. I don't know how you guys deal with your football game starting at eight o'clock. And uh, I can't do the East Coast thing. I, and I tried it. I lived it. I lived on the East Coast. And I thought, this sucks. I hate getting out of shows close to midnight. Oh, yeah, I hate, I hate that, too. I hate it. On the other hand, living out West, it's the best. It's the reason it rhymes with West. <laughs> we got a super chat here from Chad722 who says, uh, Hope Ring of Honor does an annual Briscoe Cup Tag Team Tournament. Uh, thoughts on this? Yeah, I... I uh, I've been kind of throwing that out there for the last couple of shows I've done. And I mentioned, yeah, I think you should do the, a Jay Briscoe cup um, and really crown something. Like, honestly, I'm really excited about uh, Supercard of Honor this year. I was already going to go, but now this feels like a really important show to be at in LA this year. And one I definitely won't miss. We got a super chat here from Mr. CJ Lilly, who says, I feel this week the tag team scene is uh, in both companies have been highlighted, which is always good. I feel if Jay's passing leads to better tag matches, what legacy to leave? And no Alexa or Bray this week shocked Alexa wins. LOL. Peace. Uh, thoughts on this, Will? Yeah. Um, I mean, and that's the reason that I really wanted to highlight those, my three specifically, because I feel like tag team wrestling felt really good this week. And I'm a big tag team wrestling guy. And so when I see tag team wrestling highlighted, you're going to, you're, you're going to see me give it its its praise. Um, I mean, look, I did not like any of the uh, Alexa and Bianca stuff this week, but it wasn't bad enough to be my What'd worst. you think of the Firefly Funhouse, Will? <sighs> I know you were avoiding it. I know you, Will. I know you were avoiding it. I know you were avoiding it. But you know what? Controversy creates cash. So let's hear your Firefly Funhouse opinion. This shit sucks, man. Like I, I um, okay. I get what it's. I get what they're doing, right? That Bray's going through his previous character. So at least I don't have to feel like this is a thing that's going to stick. And at least I hope it's not going to stick. Um, I, you know, last week of course he did the rocking chair, and you know that was supposed to be old Bray. And then this week we have uh Bray who is in Firefly Funhouse mode, and like some of the jokes he he threw out there were fun. <sighs> I'm hoping this is just kind of a one-time thing is playing mind games with uh, uh, with LA Knight because, man, I had some bad flashbacks to some of my least favorite stuff of the last 10 years, and that would be Bray Wyatt in the Firefly Funhouse. Not for me. Damn, Will, you're drinking that haterade. <laughs> Bob the Builder says, uh, how is SoFi Stadium? It's the best stadium. I've been there twice. And uh, the last one time when they were doing construction for it, and then the second time they were already done. And let me tell you, I love it. It's beautiful. It kind of reminds me. It has like space vibes. I don't know. How I can't to wait to go. It. I'm I'm excited to. It's to very be very beautiful. Been. Yeah, it's beautiful, and I think you guys are gonna walk in and be like, oh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, thank you so much to Bob the Builder. All right, so uh, my best of the week. I think everybody already knows this, and it is definitely uh, Brian Danielson versus Bandito. 
where do I begin with this? This was so good, man. I, I feel like my uh, recap of this is going to be lame just because I've already talked about it so freaking much. But honestly, the reason why I love this match was for multiple reasons. Uh, one, they really went out there and uh, let them. There's been times, and I mentioned this when we saw Bandito and Roosh, my whole thing with that match was I didn't feel they gave it the respect that it deserved in terms of time, in terms of placements on the show. And that was my whole, uh, you know, thing with it last time. And so I'm so happy that with this match between uh, Danielson and Bandito that we got the uh, perfect, like we got great amount of time for this match. Um, the placement of it was great. You know, obviously it wasn't the main event. That's fine, whatever. Um, but it was still really good placement on the Dynamite show itself. So to me... I appreciated that they even gave it that kind of respect for it. On top of that, I want to shout out the fans because I thought the fans, the way that they were reacting to this, the way that they were, I felt like their energy really just added to even just like how, how they were like chanting for Bandito and this and that, their energy, oh, like you can tell it just fed into uh, both guys. So that was really cool to see. But I love that they did a lot of different stuff in this. I thought that they did this match uh, very unique. They did a bunch of different stuff, whether it was submissions. I mean, people were reacting to all of the submissions and stuff like that. They uh, made such good use of everything that we were seeing. Like uh, uh, in ring wise, they made good use of like all the space that they had and everything. The moment where uh, Brian Danielson was doing his yes kicks and people were chanting C. Um, the moment where Bandito went for the uh, for for the vertical suplex and he, he had that moment where he kind of didn't have Brian Danielson perfectly uh, placed, but then afterwards it was like uh, he found his uh, he found his groove with that. So that was really good. I thought that all of the uniqueness of this match was really what made it special. The uniqueness, the time they gave it, and just everything this was great stuff chef's kiss please keep it going man keep it going that's all i gotta say i feel like i've talked about this so much i don't even know what else to say look i i agree with you and i got to talk about it a lot too on day after dynamite but um i forgot going into it until i cut until i decided to just take a look at the crowd i forgot how big of a latino population Fresno truly has. It's actually a majority Latino. Um, and so when I saw the... Uh, when Bandito made his entrance, the crowd is losing it. And I thought when the match was announced, maybe at best it'd be like a kind of a 50-50 thing. Oh no, this was like 95-5. Like this crowd was not there for Brian Danielson. Right. And uh, it's not like the, Brian Danielson's <laughs> not loved by like every human being. Right. I think in, in anywhere else it probably would have been different, but specifically here, my God, this crowd was there for Bandito. Um, and Brian adjusted so well. He did kind of that thing that uh, I, I said this on Day After Dynamite, but he did kind of that thing that rock did in the rock hogan match where um, once he started to sense that the crowd was not on his side yes. that's okay you adjust and work the match differently and brian worked the match in a way where he still remained a baby face in a sense but he was working against not just bandito here but he was working against an audience that was there for bandito and uh brian is so good and so smart about that he still brought and everything he did got the crowd into it of course in the end brian still got the victory because he's got to win all of these matches but 
this was excellent. This was one of those things that just reminded me of why I'm glad Brian is in the position he's in right now and he is where he is today because this isn't a match I probably would get to see otherwise. He's going out there and having these great competitive matches. I mean, he already was, but just with people that you didn't, you know, get to expect to see him in these matches with these people. Yeah, I, I love this. This was great. Look, Brian's my favorite wrestler ever. And... Uh, him just continuing to get to do this stuff. And I'm looking forward to Brian Cage next week too, honestly. That's, that's one of those good. That's one of those matches that People forget Brian Cage is good, I feel. They do. I think they're starting to remember it now since this run has been so good for him uh since the pairing with Prince Nana, but honestly, just when Brian signed with AEW, there was a whole laundry list of matches we all wanted to see. Brian Cage was not one of those matches that was ever mentioned by anybody. But now that I've seen the graphic and now, now that it's put together, yes, absolutely, this is a match I want to see. And I want to see what Brian Danielson's able to come up with with Brian Cage. I love it. I, I absolutely love all of this. This, I, this has been a, a good story. And I think MJF is turning it around. Um, though I didn't think there was anything to necessarily turn around in the sense that I think he... A lot of this was planned uh, in terms of getting the reaction he was getting. Um, uh, and this isn't just me speculating. I think I, I, uh, I'll i say there's a lot of 4D chess being played in a way that people don't realize as far as MJF and the promos are concerned. But uh, this week, him slapping Brian Cage was, was great stuff. And I'm ready for it. We got a super chat here from Richard Martinez who says, Fresno native here. I went to the AEW show this week and it was my first AEW live event. That AEW live energy makes me want to go to more Bandito though lit. Um, and I think, you know, Will, that's something that you and I have discussed privately is that, you know, that energy that you get in AEW crowds. And it's very obvious when you're watching it on TV. And I've noticed now too that we've had a really long string of consistency with the live crowds because you know every now and then you still get a crowd that maybe isn't that you know that great but i feel like it's been a long time since we've had a bad aw crowd i can't even think of one right now yeah it, it's, it's it's been a minute now uh, yeah, honestly like good. i want to say that last run in boston wasn't very great but for the most part they have been pretty consistent through like the end of november through december and now all of january i'm curious because they're in lexington kentucky this week uh in sean's backyard i'm curious lexington's never had an AEW event kentucky's never had an AEW event i'm curious how they do well i feel like if you if it's the first especially you always have that extra of like finally it's in my <laughs> town you know that kind of deal so yeah. i won't be surprised if it's a very hot crowd but i feel like now especially if you're watching the weekly product you want to go out there and you don't want to be the city that sucks ass and you don't want to be the city that like dropped the ball you want to go out there and bring out you know all sorts of energy and i think that the people know that especially if you're going out there and uh you know you're watching the product every week and also it just adds to it man like i want to go to a show and have a good time that's why you go to concerts when i go to a concert i want to go out and scream and dance and sing and have a blast i don't want to just sit there and be like you know that's boring i want to let out some energy yeah 
I, I have a feeling Ross Crowd will be good this week. It's in Philly. It's they sold a lot of tickets to it. I'd be surprised if Philadelphia doesn't come through. It's on a the special Raw, 30th. Raw too. It feels like a special Raw too. Yeah, I know there's I been think... some changes, but you know what? It still feels like a very special Raw. Yes. Um, but thank you so much to Richard Martinez for uh, sending in that super chat. It's very very appreciated. Alrighty, everybody, that is our show for today. That was after the week. Uh, before we go, please do not forget to subscribe to this channel. I will be at the Royal Rumble. I will be getting tons of interviews and doing as much doing and getting as much content as I possibly can. Um, so please make sure to subscribe. Uh, trust me, uh, if you want to get, uh, you know, just a bunch of great footage and a bunch of awesome stuff. There's a lot of things that I have coming up. And this week is very important because usually these weekends I get so much content. Uh, so please make sure you're already subscribed. I officially surpassed 85,000 subscribers here on the YouTube channel as of this morning. Uh, so please join it, join the channel. And I promise you'll get a lot of really great, uh, a lot of really great stuff. On top of that, uh, if you want to become a member of the YouTube channel uh, and make it in time, also not just not only are you getting additional content that I'm working on, but you're also getting my full the wrestling re, the wrestling rewind where I talk about each and every single WrestleMania. I've been posting them up; they're going up. There's ten episodes already up there right now um, for free for you. Uh, we're talking about uh, WrestleMania. 1 through 10 is already up and then also I do have more plans but if you want to take part in that Royal Rumble pool and you want to have an extra fun that's one of the perks of being a YouTube channel member is you're automatically entered into that Royal Rumble pool you will be given a number and if your number wins in the men's or the women's rumble then you uh, end up winning a gift card and so little things like that are things that I'm going to be putting on the YouTube channel uh, members perks on top of the additional content that you're getting so please make sure to do that. And uh, Will, please take the floor and promote what you need to promote. Yeah. Uh, just follow me, William RVR, uh, on Twitter. Apparently, I feel like that was a thing a lot of people knew about me, but I, I posted just a funny thing. I res responded to a tweet about my brother having been in Sister Sister, and I guess Sean didn't even know that. And you didn't know that? I know, right? It's so... Uh, all I felt of a like sudden, known. Well, maybe yeah, I feel like that's a thing that like I've. You have very family. family. You have very famous family members, Will. <laughs> yeah, I know, and I thought that was a thing that was known. But anyway, follow me on Twitter. <laughs> I just passed fifteen thousand uh, Twitter followers, <laughs> and uh, thank you to everybody who has followed me, um, and also Instagram William RBR as well. Phenomenal. All right, guys, we will see you next week here on After the Week. Have an awesome weekend, everyone.